All right. So for today on the podcast, I have Eve. How's it going today? It's going good. I appreciate your time today. Oh, no. I'm glad that you asked me to join. I was very excited whenever you reached out to me. Nice. I appreciate it. And what's the, you're in the East Coast, right? I am. Yeah. I'm in um, South Georgia. I'm right at the Florida Georgia border. Nice. Is that where Chick fil A's headquarters at? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've never seen the Chick fil A headquarters, but I might Google that. (laughs) I know it's somewhere there in Georgia. I know it's not in Atlanta, but I know it's somewhere Uh though. I didn't realize that, but now that you've told me that, I might look into that. That'd be yeah. kind of cool. You have Chick-fil-A there near, near your house? We do, yeah. I've got a Chick-fil-A about 20 minutes away, which I live way out in the sticks. We're very rural. Um, okay. So I have I have to go 20 minutes just to get to a Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was funny. Like I was talking with a friend, and uh, we went to college together, and Waffle House was like the place to be like after you went out to a bar or something. And he's like, you know, oh, yes. you know, he's like, I've never been to a Waffle House, bro. You're, you're what? You've never been to a Waffle what? House after like Listen, Long Island? Like, no, never. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never been drunk at a Waffle House at 2.30 in the morning, you have not lived your life. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for confirming that because I felt <laughs> yeah. in that philosophy. It's true, man. Like, you know, there's nothing good like some waffles. I don't know about the waffles and chicken, fried chicken. That's the only thing I don't know about. Like, I know. Yeah, but if you've never been like a little drunk and had some greasy eggs <laughs> and some and some grits, then you're just not living your best life. <laughs> hey man, that's what's up. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it. So I reached out because I was finding people through the hashtag, uh, I think it was visually impaired or legally blind. And I saw, oh, happy belated Mother's Day, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. And I saw a post with you and your son, Timothy. And Mm -hmm. you had a brief description that Timothy had albinism, which we'll talk about. And, but I do want to mention that this is a huge milestone because I've never had on a parent of a child or someone with low vision, which is, I think it's a big deal, in my opinion. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Uh, um, And and the reason for that, I I hope you can meet the other guests, like in the group that I have. And Mm -hmm. the reason for that is because all of us have experienced that, like the doctors, medically, the doctors would say, you know, like, I, I don't think they gave us enough credit for what we can and can't do. Yeah. You know, like, well, your son's going to have back problems and neck problems and they're going to need this and that. Like, like for, for God's sake, can you tell me the, the upside to this? You know, you know, it's so funny that, well, it's not funny, but um, it's it that is uh, a nerve that has hit me since my son was 10 weeks old and we found out that he had albinism and I did all the research to see, you know, what it was. I had no idea what it even meant. Um, and that has been one of my biggest fears actually as a parent. Uh, when you think about as a parent, you think about when your child turns 16 and they get their driver's license and the freedom that comes with that, Um, and what it takes to teach them how to drive. Like that's a huge milestone as a parent and as a child. And when your child has low vision or is legally blind, you have to constantly worry, is he even going to be able to do that? Mm -hmm. I don't even know that my son will ever be able to drive a vehicle, you know? Um, And the doctors sometimes 
say, well, he's never going to be able to. And then as they get older, you know, their vision changes. Um, you're constantly having to go to doctors to get medical advice as to what they're going to be able to do and what they're not going to be able to do. Um, but when you just mentioned that about the, about what they can do and what they can't do, that's like, that's, that's a huge burden that I've, I've worried about, you know, for 10 years now. And I, and to this day, I still don't know if he'll be able to or not. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's interesting because for example, um, me and my family, we're from Honduras and Mm -hmm. we specifically moved, excuse me, we, I guess my family, my parents decided to specifically move to Miami, Florida, only Mm -hmm. because one of the best eye doctors at the time in the late eighties was in Miami, Baskin Farmer. Mm -hmm. And then they could have lived anywhere, but we, they chose Miami because, all right, well, you know, we know the resources in our country is not good. So let's Mm -hmm. live here. But same thing, like my parents were really not optimistic. Um, Excuse me. No, no, no. How can I rephrase that? The doctors really didn't give my parents like a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. What's going to happen? And, and then if I, when I asked my mom, I remember years ago, like, so what's up? What, what did you think? I don't know. I was like, I, I didn't know what you could and couldn't do. I didn't know what you could see and couldn't see. It was, yeah. I left it up to you. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, that's a, that's something that's plagued me for a while. Uh, is just what you said about living situations. I worry about, um, you know, once he turns 16, you know, we live, like I said, in a very rural area of South Georgia where driving is necessary. I mean, you have to, like I said, I have to drive 20 minutes just to get to a Waffle House. Yeah. Yeah. So I worry about, yeah, I worry about when he gets older, where he'll live, if he can't drive, you know, do, do we need to move to a, a major city like, um, you know, like Los Angeles or New York city or somewhere where there's better transportation opportunities out there. Right. These are all, these are all things that as a parent you have to think about because you have to prepare your child for that kind of stuff. You, you have to, you have to help get them in the right direction. I mean, it's hard enough being a parent as it is, but then you add in the, the added part of having a child with a visual disability. There's, you know, that's a whole more other ball game. Mm-hmm. So what grade is T- uh, Timothy in now? He is finishing up fifth grade. Um, obviously, because of the COVID-19, they have switched to online school. Yeah. And, uh, and he is going to be graduating the fifth grade. So he will be going into sixth grade next uh, next semester in August. Nice. That's mm-hmm. cool. Is he is the school that he's at, um, do they have middle school grades in there or does he have to transfer to another school now uh after the sixth grade he will go to a middle school got it got it so um so so let me understand a little bit on timothy now i've had guests on the show that have albinism uh Mm -hmm. two two women one of them is uh carissa victoria she actually lived in north carolina and now is in california and then Mm -hmm. oh actually there is no 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 then there's another girl another woman She's in her late twenties. Um, her name is uh, Danielle, and um, she lives in Mississippi. Um, she has said multiple times that she does live in a rural place, and it's very hard for her to get around because she has yeah. to ride. I don't, she says Uber 
comes out there, but it's expensive because they don't come out there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I actually met a young lady in Valdosta and she was visiting. Um, I can't remember where she was visiting from, but I saw her at the mall and she obviously she had the very, you know, visual characteristics of someone with albinism. And so I walked right up to her and was talking to her and we actually have each other's cell phone numbers now and text each other off and on. Nice. Um, yeah, I confide in her sometimes. Um, if, if I have questions about like, you know, about my son and he doesn't really, you know, he's 10, he doesn't know how to completely verbalize yeah, everything. Yeah. He's, he's incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still can't fully verbalize what he's feeling. And so a lot of times I'll, you know, talk to her to get her opinion on a situation, but long story short, um, she has to do the same thing. She's not able to drive. So she has to take Ubers everywhere, which is expensive. Yeah. There was, um, I know some states, they offer like that transportation that's provided by the services for the blind or disabled or something. Mm-hmm. I hate that service, by the way, because. Ha- okay. Uh-huh. Oh. Sorry, I was trying to get a drink of my um of my drink. <laughs> oh, no worries. Um, uh, I've always wondered about that transportation option that's out there and if it's any good. Well, see, um, last week I had a happy hour with some of the other guests, and I would love for you to be on it uh, one day. And they were talking about using that service, right? So it's like it's like a private company who decides to contract with the state, and the state pays them to pick up people with different sorts of disabilities it could be wheelchair or whatever. Um, but like, okay, let's say today is what's today. Today's Friday. Right. And if mm-hmm. I want to go to the mall, I got a call. I was like, listen, can you pick me up to go, go to the mall? Yes. The next time we have availability is on Wednesday. Well, damn. I don't know if I want to go to the mall on Wednesday. I need to go tomorrow. <laughs> this is not a Walmart pickup. <laughs> You're not like, you know, Walmart grocery pickup. You're a yeah. human being. And it's so inefficient, and it seems like it's 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 the same thing with the state. I feel like these companies are not; um, they don't really have a lot of accountability by the state, and mm-hmm. and everyone has a bad experience. Everyone. I'm sure they do, and unfortunately, I feel like that's the way that government funding and state funding works. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. I uh, I mean, I'm sure that's a whole nother podcast to talk about how terrible um, government and state funding is used and utilized. And unfortunately, in a situation when it comes to um, visual impairment, I dare I say the need is not great enough for in their eyes to move forward with more efficient ways. No, you're absolutely right. Um, this podcast is basically a manifestation of a lot of frustration that I've had. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And there's like, like, I mean, j- just so you know, I've, I've, I've already said it. I don't like the government agencies. I don't like government employees personally. <laughs> I don't either. Well, we're on the same page there because yeah. I don't either. I don't like it. I don't care if they hear it. They, they got my number. It's, but, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Yeah. It, it's bad. Like, let me give you an example. So like I already told you what I do for a living, right? I teach people how to have an e-commerce store or blog or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the services for the blind here in Florida, right? Um, I remember I used to get some of their services when I was a kid. And, and we'll talk about that in a moment uh, about how Timothy gets his. Um, 
And I noticed the biggest problems that I've seen that they have is the job placement, right? Yeah. They yeah. do have a job placement option, but it's like, it's so outdated. Like they have like in a business enterprise that you can own like a vending machine or something. Like, bro, mm-hmm. I don't own a vending machine. Like, like this is not like 1970s where I'm going to get a Coke or something at the, at, at the park or something. You know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, it's so funny because I actually know somebody who did that. Um, and he, he actually does own several vending machines and I thought it was a joke at first too, uh, <laughs> but it's actually been, I know it sounds hilarious, but I swear it's actually been very lucrative for him. No. So I, anyways, but I get what you're saying. No, that's not the point. The point is, is that you should have better opportunities out there. You shouldn't be subjected to owning, you know, a vending machine. Vending job. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I've met people who have like the snack bar thing and all that. And yeah. But um, but it, it seems outdated, right? So mm-hmm. I I I uh, so I had a meeting. I pitched to a group of people, and it was like my pitch. Basically, it was to uh, hire me to to teach people with low vision and blind because there's a lot of people that are disabled that really can't travel because of their disability. So having a home based yeah. online business is it's like I think it's the next best thing. If you mm-hmm. can't find a job, because a lot of these job placements that these services do, and I and, and and I experienced it firsthand when I moved to North Carolina, they put me working at a factory, like assembling shit, and I'm like, and I'm over here getting, <laughs> I was so I was so upset. Yes, I was a little ungrateful. I was grateful and ungrateful at the same time. But this was mm-hmm. this is all they could really offer me. Like, and it's like. And then, That's ridiculous. Yeah, I was really upset. There was a lot of quality people visually impaired. There, the girl, the woman next to me, she got a master's. She had a master's degree. The guy behind me had a bachelor's in something else. And we're all here like in these stupid machines, like monkeys, like assembling this. And, and we were you know, product of the here it, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, when you said this, this is one of my biggest fears. Uh, when it comes to my son's future, I, yeah, it really is just one of my biggest fears out there because I'm so afraid that, you know, after college, I know that the opportunities are going to be difficult, not only just getting to and from work, but as to what work he'll be able to do and what'll be acceptable. And obviously he's 10. I don't have an answer for that. Obviously he's got eight more years till he graduates high school. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just so fearful that he's not going to have the opportunities out there that an average person would get. And so hearing this is just, it's, uh, oh, it just makes it, it makes my skin crawl a little. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm not saying it to like be scared. I'm just saying like, yeah, like kind of like how you and I are on the same page about the government. If. If you, this is my experience and the experience that I've, I've talked with other people. If you go in with the intention that these agencies or the government's going to fix your problems, it's, it's not going to happen, right? Oh, of course not. Absolutely not. Right. So uh, like in the podcast, I've had amazing people on there that despite their vision, like um, mm-hmm. I had this one gentleman, Julius Serrano, who's from the Philippines and now lives in New Zealand after he went blind. He's now like an accessibility IT consultant where companies pay him to evaluate their website if it's disabled, if it's ex- accessible for the disabled community, for instance. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I've had uh, a girl, uh, a young lady, excuse me, last week, uh, she had a different kind of vision and now she's like uh, an advocate and on the board for seeing eye dogs, you know? And because they all recognize they can't rely on the government to fix their careers or anything. So we've had to aggressively change that. Mm-hmm. But um, so when you found out that Timothy at 10 weeks old had an albinism and then when he started pre-K or school, how did you find out about the services for the blind for him or or, or like extra tech services or uh, what do you call it? Like um, accessories that they gave him in school. Well, uh, when he was about 10 weeks old, um, he went to a regular, or, um, we obviously we noticed, you know, that, that he was a bit behind visually. And after that, we, they, they set us up with what's called Nemours here in Jacksonville. And we took him there and he saw an eye doctor, they confirmed it. And they reached out to us after that. And we were contacted by a program called Early Steps. And they are a program where they reach out and help children with disabilities up until they're five years old. And Early Steps was an amazing program. They were able to, we had a specific um, uh, doctor and we had a specific, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, counselor that we would, that we would talk to. Obviously, we, we exchanged phone numbers. She would come out to our house once a month. At first, she came out to our uh, house every week, and they would teach us. They would give us different resources. Whenever he was having, um, at I think it was 18 weeks, he wasn't talking yet. Not 18 weeks, 18 months. Um, he wasn't talking yet, so they gave us free services for speech therapy for him. Um, so the, the Early Steps program was an amazing start opportunity that they had for him. I was so blessed. My, my son is sitting here with me and he's shaking his head yes because he really loved early steps. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun? Yeah, he said it was fun. I liked her. <laughs> nice. I said, don't judge. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> and I'm mad. So it was up to the age of five. And then, so what happened when he, so did, did, was it advised for him to go to like regular public school? Or to go to like uh, uh, school for the blind. When he was in kindergarten through first grade, it was advised for him to go to um, the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind. Um, so they call it FSDB for short. Um, so he attended school there in St. Augustine, and they we had somebody that would bus him from where we were in Jacksonville down to St. Augustine, Florida, and back again. But they realized once he hit after first grade that he was incredibly intelligent, highly intelligent. And, uh, and so they, they realized after that that the way the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind works is that if you have a visual impairment, whether you are completely blind or just legally blind, they categorize everybody together. And so if he were in a school with these other children that were completely blind, he would not get as much education and time and availability as the other children that had a, had a harder disability. So it was decided that he would go ahead and attend public school. 
And there were parts that he liked about it and parts he didn't like about it. (laughs) About which part? About going to a public school? Yeah. Okay. As a parent, for him to go there, he is one of the smartest kids in his class. He's actually in advanced classes. And and he's been in his advanced classes since the the, since the third grade, since he was able to. Or I'm sorry, since the second grade, since he was able to. And so he takes advanced science classes, advanced math classes. um, Where if where if he were in FSDB, he would not have that availability. And we were afraid, and his teachers were afraid that he would fall behind if he did that. And so he doesn't like it as much because it can be a little bit more challenging for him. (laughs) But I mean, that's just him being a kid and not wanting to do so much work. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. I've heard that same comment before that some people who had gone benefited, right? Because there were some skills that they needed. Maybe Mm -hmm. some people that didn't have good of a vision as Timothy but they needed mm-hmm. some life skills, like how to be able to, to, to cross the street or travel or something. You know, yes. They found important. But in terms of in terms of academics, though, you're right. Uh, I I feel like those schools do not accommodate to that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they do lack a little bit. But I got you. So so he's in advanced class now. Now, yes. Cool. Does he use any um, any special? Um, uh, like any special tools or anything for class or anything like that? Yes. Now he has a vision teacher mm-hmm. that he works with. That, uh, when he was younger, I think his vision teacher would come, what was it, honey, three times a week? No, no like twice or three, twice or three. I, I think it was twice, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when he was younger, he had a vision teacher that would come about twice a week. Um, and they would come and sit in his classes or he would go and have meetings with them and they would go over things. Now that he's getting older, they do weekly meetings. Got you. What about the board? And how does he, he does. The board? How does he, I'm sorry? How does he see the board? So he has, um, obviously he has regular reading glasses and he does have a monocular where it will blow it up on the screen for him. Um, as of right now, because of COVID-19, since he's uh, doing school from home, uh, he uses an iPad. And so he can just blow up the iPad screen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, one of my guests that I had, I, I hope you can meet her. She's the one with albinism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were making fun of the, the monocular. It's like, man, mm-hmm. this, I felt like a pirate when I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was like the cool party trick when we were out in school. Like, hey, can I use your binocular? Can I use a binocular? Like, like, no, I need this for school. You can't use it. Yeah, it's not a joke or something. I'm not. I used to call it the planner's peanut guy. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> the planner's exactly. peanut monocular, um, which was funny because that's his nickname is Peanut. Oh, nice. okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, but uh, the other thing was that um, they they we had like a, a slate board that nice. was on there too that we could use, and we would put a like projector sheet down on there, and then and we were able to blow that up for him too as well. That's awesome. There, um, there's these uh, young ladies that I've interviewed. They have a brand. They're like in high school uh, or, or in college. Uh, I think one is in high school and the other one is about to go to college. And they're, they're from Canada. Uh-huh. And one of the, her name is Emily, one of the girls. She goes, I love math. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no one in our community likes math. 
because we can never see the board. And then she tells me, well, every school in Canada has a whiteboard. Therefore, I can use my iPad and I can see everything, no matter where mm-hmm. I'm in class. Yeah. And I was like, that's just like amazing. Like that just blew my mind. Yeah, the iPad is a great tool to have because obviously you can blow it up to whatever you need it to be to see it. Mm-hmm. Now, so, d- d- well, does Timothy like math? <laughs> he does not like math. Math is definitely not his favorite subject. <laughs> got it. Got he's shaking his head. I hate math. <laughs> it, bro, I didn't like math. If he's hear me, I didn't like that mess either. Um, but that's that's awesome. So, okay, so so he has a monocular and he has some tools. The vision teacher. Mm-hmm. When I had a vision teacher, for me personally, I was really embarrassed. Like I remember the intercom would say. DeMarco, your vision teacher is here. And, and I would just feel like, I would just feel so embarrassed. I don't know why I just did. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Timothy feels embraced. Does he, does he like the extra attention or the fact that his vision teacher is coming? Um, I honestly don't know how he feels about it. I know that when his vision teacher is there, um, when he gets to meet her or when he gets to go on his um, Zoom meetings that he does with her, right. he's, always, he's always happy to meet right. with her. Okay. But but how he physically feels about it, I'm not 100% sure, honestly. Gotcha. Um, I've always tried to treat him like he's anybody else. Right. Um, and, you know, we've always said that, that even though he has a visual disability, we're not going to treat him any different than any other kid. We're right. just going to make some adjustments. Yeah. And to, so I, you know, we try to treat him like it's no different than a kid who has to go you know, up to the, uh, has to go to the nurse's station to go get their, um, to get their insulin if they have diabetes or if a kid who has to go to the, you know, to the nurse's station to get a bandaid or something, we try to treat it like it's like, it's no big deal. And like, it's a normal everyday thing. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good route to go personally, because my mom did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, there was another gentleman that I, I, I interviewed, um, Enrique, his name is Enrique, goes by Kike. Uh-huh. And he tells me, he said he was 10 years old, he said. He was 10 years old. Uh, he was blind, he's blind. And he goes to his best friend's house. And his best friend, Billy, we'll call him Billy. Billy wanted to go and make a sandwich or something. And the mom said, no, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to touch anything. I don't want you to break anything. You're going to sit there and I'm going to make that sandwich for you. And Mm-mm. it was a culture shock because despite Enrique uh, being blind, his mom didn't care what he did as long as he cleaned up his mess. Mm-hmm. And so Enrique is, I think, 22, 23. And I said, so what's up with that friend Billy, bro? He's still living at home with his mom. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I, I never would do that for him. If he could do it himself, he's going to do it for himself because he's not going to always live with me. He's not always going to want to live with me. He's going to want to live a normal life like everybody else with freedoms and all the opportunities that are out there. And, um, you know, it's so funny. I I always think about the movie Ray. Um, and do you remember the movie Ray? Uh, Ray Charles, right? Yeah. The story of Ray Charles and how he, and how he went blind. Yes. And, um, I always think about in that movie about when Ray started going blind and how the mom she told him, now, listen, I'm only going to tell you this once. And after that, you're going to have to do it yourself. And I realized after I saw that, 
that kind of hit home for me because I was doing a lot of those things where I was doing things for him. I was not, you know, I was kind of coddling him a little bit and to, you know, I still fight it to this day, Mm. but, uh, you know, anytime that I see the opportunity for him to learn on his own, I sit back and let him do it. Or there's sometimes he'll say, mom, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? If I know he can do it himself, I'm not going to do it. What does he he, ask you to do? Um, normal things that a normal kid would do. Mom, when you get me this snack, mom, (laughs) mom, but but what I mean by that is if the snack is on the top shelf. So he has to kind of reach for it to get up there because he can't see it as well. And as long as he doesn't have to climb up on something where I'm afraid he's going to fall down, you know, if he can get up there and reach it, he might have to, you know, feel around for it a little bit, or he might have to, you know, look for it a little bit better. But if he can do it himself, he's going to do it himself. And he, and he, he has to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help him, but I have to be careful not to coddle him. Yeah. And that's so hard. That's so hard as a mom because <laughs> <laughs> moms want to do that anyway. Yeah. Naturally. Uh, and then of course, like I said before, you throw in the visual impairment in there and it's a, it's such a fine line that you have to walk. Cause you're always worried about, you know, what, what can he see? What can't he see? Am I pushing him too hard? Am I not pushing him enough? <laughs> I mean, these are things that any normal parent thinks about, Yeah, but no, with, yeah. But, and then when you, and then of course, when your child has a, a visual impairment, you're like, God, you know, am I pushing him too much or am I not giving him enough help? Like, you know, where's, there's no defined line with that. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're, it's, it's trial and error, really. It's trial and error. <laughs> what sports does he play? Has there been any sports that he's tried that he realized, oh, I just can't do this because of my vision? He he doesn't play any sports. Um, that is something that's always broken my heart a little bit. Um, when, when he's at school and he, you know, he's outside, um, he has a really hard time making friends. And that's for multiple reasons. One, it is because of his visual disability. Um, and obviously his his physical characteristics that come with it. And I know it does. He's also very strong personality wise. And a lot of times kids, they don't really like having a strong personality type. He's very bossy. (laughs) And a lot of kids don't like being bossed around and that's just who he is. Um, But I do know that the the physical characteristics and the visual characteristics um, play a part in it too. Uh, so like, for example, if he's at school and they're on the playground, um, and kids are playing tag, he won't play tag with them. He'll play the referee because he can't see them well enough. Everyone's running around so quickly and his eyes, his, his, they're shaking. So they're moving all the time. It's hard enough to keep an eye on something when your eye is moving, but when everyone else is moving around you, it's, it's difficult, really difficult to even play the games. And I'm, I'm kind of proud of him that he's found a way to still try to fit in and be a part of it by being the referee <laughs> instead of actually partaking in the game. Um, but it still, it still makes me sad at times because I'll hear about how he's sad that he doesn't have any friends to play with and how, you know, there's times that he's wanted to play, but no one would play with him. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. And everything you're saying, I just want you to know, I 
I, I, I'm thinking of, of every memory. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just bring up your entire childhood? I'm yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I remember like, what was the game uh, in Miami? We, it, yeah, it was like tag. We called it something different. And, mm-hmm. and we played it in the dark. Mm. Played in the dark. Man, That's like impossible. I couldn't, I would always lose. I never won that game. Because, oh no. Because yeah. I never saw who was approaching me. Yeah. You know, like three feet away. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You couldn't see a lick in the dark. No way. <laughs> you know, not happening. But I participated because I wanted to participate. You're and, a kid. You want to play. You want to yeah. play like everybody else. I just wanted to play. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate. Um, um, Yes, I, I have noticed a pattern. All the adults that I've I've uh, interviewed, uh, everyone has had like um, like an interesting childhood. Yeah, a little challenging. But mm-hmm. then one person, uh, Julius, which I really like how he how he pointed it out. He goes, having a disability is like having a filter because you're able to filter out all the bad and shallow people, and then the people who do stick around are great, great quality people. And he's right. That's true. I mean, that's so you know, and I've actually used. Um, so like, I, I think I've used not those exact words, but, but use that as an example for him, um, in those situations where he says he doesn't have friends. And I've, I've said those words to him, um, saying, Timothy, you know, I know this seems like a, a, like a sad thing because you don't have friends, but this just shows you who are your friends and who are not your friends. Cause if you know that they are not going to be nice to you, if they're not going to play with you, those aren't the kind of people you want to be around anyway. And of course I explained, if you have friends that are being nice to you, make sure that you take the time and the energy to be nice to them too. And that's something that we've actually been working on, um, with his social skills is the, the kids that he has been around that have been nice to him, finding ways to make friends and to build better relationships with those friends. So it's, uh, that's actually been, like I said, that's one of the things that we've been working on this year actually is building mm-hmm. friendships and, and finding, you know, like you said, filtering out who the good people are and who the bad people are. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's going to happen. Um, and we'll talk about dating for a moment, but, um, uh, um, what's her name? Danielle, I'm sorry. The girl with albinism, she mm-hmm. mentioned that college was almost impossible if it wasn't for these great friends that she mentioned she go mm-hmm. you know bless their hearts like they 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 definitely helped me out and your angels and and so she recognizes that as well um mm-hmm. now when, when you mean social skills are you just are you are you referring to that timothy is uh, as a result, because of his albinism, he's socially awkward, or he's just oh, he's just he's just a strong-willed kid, you know? Yeah, no, he's it's it's both. Um, he's yeah. a very strong-willed kid, which a lot, which you know, scares a lot of kids off. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, and he's not a bully or right. anything like that, but he's very opinionated. Um, as I'm sure you heard him talking in the background, he's very intelligent, and that scares a lot of the kids away. Um, and so, as if it's not tough enough. <laughs> out there having that having his strong will and his his high intelligent rate but also having a you know a visual disability and a in you know it you can see it on him and uh, all of that it just scares a lot of people away it scares a lot of kids away i guess is the way to put it 
I will say that things are very different nowadays than they were than we were kids. I know you said you're 36. Um, mm-hmm. I'm 35. Mm-hmm. And I know when we were kids, all we wanted to do is fit in. I mean, that's all any kid wants to do is fit in. Right. But I will say that I do think that nowadays, thanks to the internet and people getting out there, that being different is now a good thing. People are always looking for the newest, coolest, um, biggest thing to happen out there. And although they do want to be like everyone else, um, it's you, you have a lot more people out on the internet these days that are accepting of people who are different. And people, a lot of people celebrate that a lot more than they did when we were younger. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Um, one of the other young ladies I, I interviewed, Carissa, she's she has albinism. Mm-hmm. And TikTok, it's a great platform for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a platform that thrive, if there's a platform that people with disability thrive on, it's that platform there. Um, I would completely agree with you. You know what? And I know this is a bit off topic, but TikTok is amazing yeah. because I love that it shows that how amazing human beings are. Right. Like it's when I see, sometimes I'll see celebrity TikToks that pop up and their TikToks to me are so just boring <laughs> and they're not, in, they're not interesting at all. And then I'll see a TikTok from a person I've never met before and they will do some of the most amazing things I've ever seen right. or these amazing ideas that are out there. And it just blows your mind. And so when you said TikTok, when it comes to um, a good platform for people with visual disabilities, I completely agree with you. My son is obsessed with TikTok. Nice. Is he doing any duets, any any dances there? (laughs) He has not actually done a TikTok yet. Uh, We haven't got, although I have considered doing it, but um, I haven't figured out how to do a TikTok yet. Uh, He would probably love to do one though. Maybe we'll do that this weekend. Make a TikTok. (laughs) Um, but he loves watching TikTok. He's he's constantly texting me um, TikTok videos that I should watch. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's the whole fitting in thing. Um, yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna go away. You know, it's just so. It won't. There's always gonna be bullies. There's always gonna be the popular kids and the nerds and yeah. you know the jocks and that that's never gonna go away. But I do feel like nowadays with people being out there um, and hearing all these celebrities that are talking about being, you see all these videos of these other children with Down syndrome um, being asked to the prom by, you know, you know what I mean? Just these kind of things. And having those kind of, having the internet out there to share that kind of stuff makes disabilities, I feel like more accepting nowadays than they ever were. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, there's good and bad with the social media, but what I do like is, you're right, they do highlight a lot of these great moments that we we Mm -hmm. probably couldn't capture when we were kids. And then they're able to go viral and people were able to see it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, I don't know where I saw her. She's like a a girl, a young lady that has Down syndrome who's a model or something. Yes. Yeah, actually, um, I I can't think of her name, but yeah, she is a international model now. She's actually traveled all across the U.S. doing modeling. And there's another young lady who was a, um, she was a beauty queen Uh um, and and she had Down syndrome out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's another male model. And I want to say two years ago, um, the Gerber baby had uh, Down syndrome. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was the 2017 Gerber baby had Down syndrome. Right. Yeah. yeah. So 
it's a, it's taken a long time, but having disability, having disabilities is finally getting there and they're finally starting to get association. So, you know, circling back to my son, I feel like nowadays it, it's slowly getting to where it's more accepting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's becoming, yeah, I agree with you. It's almost becoming like, it's cool to accept. <laughs> it's like a fashionable. That's thing. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, and it's so funny. No, it is. It's, that's exactly what it is. And that's what I was kind of talking about with the social media is that everyone's looking for the newest, coolest, you know, it, being macabre is awesome nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Having Being different and having something to offer to people that is not just cookie cutter is it's what people people are looking for that people are, you know, they're they're hungry for it. And so it's 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 such a more positive thing than it was you know 30 years ago <laughs> when when we were young when we were you know in the 5 and 6 year olds <laughs> trying yeah. to make friends on the playground yeah no for sure um so like like uh, i'm sure timothy can relate um because like when we were talking about like making friends and then peer to peer groups the kids at the school would be like why why do you see that way why do your eyes do that how many fingers uh-huh. are messing up you know like uh-huh. all these questions and um and it's funny, like, like I'm able to talk about it with other people and with the same uh, upbringing. And everyone's like, yeah, I remember that. I, everyone would always tell me, and I used to hate it. And, but now it's, it's, yeah, just going back to it, I, I know we, we, you know we talk about it, but it's definitely more embraced now, which is awesome. Um, um, in, in terms of uh, uh, dating, right, like with the whole car thing, um, I'm noticing, so women and men, right? For men, I think it w- it's harder, especially for me, it was harder with the whole mm-hmm. license thing, 100%. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's going to happen. He's going to feel bad. So in Miami, when it happened to me, I was, I tell people, listen, I grew up in Miami. I grew up in the hood. And even if you had food stamps and you're on section eight, you were driving some sort of hoofy or something. Yeah. Like you were just driving something. So it really put my self-esteem like to the floor. Like, oh my God, how am I going to, you know? But Mm -hmm. um, it it took maybe, for me personally, it took like my early 20s to like, all right, I really got to accept this. I really got to deal with it. And what I found out was when I put myself out there, um, yes, there were a lot of shallow women. There was, I got rejected just for the fact of not driving. I've never been accused more of having a DUI than ever in my life. Well, why don't you drive? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because they... um Gosh, that's so true. I never thought about that. But yeah, they're just going to assume because you're a drunk or something. Yeah, I remember I was, there was one girl was texting years ago. I think she was inviting me out to the club or something. I can't remember what it was. And I said, you know, I don't have a ride. I don't have a car. It's like, look, I'll, I'll put up with you. But is it because you have a DUI? Like, no, I don't got a DUI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you said that because I've actually talked to Timothy about is obviously, you know, I'm happy where we are now, but I have talked to him about how he feels about moving to a more major city like New York City, where driving is no one drives anyway, and everyone takes the subway. And it's that's the way of life. And I have definitely considered that um, making that a life change moving out to somewhere that way he will have just as many opportunities out there. Um, and that way he won't miss out and have these issues that you're talking about. Yeah, I think it definitely helps. I, I would really love for to add you to this group so you can ask like the other people, you know, that mm-hmm. are older with low vision. And mm-hmm. the last guest that I had on this morning, uh, she grew up in Maryland, which she said was pretty rural. And 
she wanted to move to somewhere that was more metropolitan for her to get around because she doesn't drive mm-hmm. anymore. And she was considering Chicago, Washington, Pennsylvania. I was just thinking Chicago too, now that you mentioned that. That's yeah. what was going through my head. I love Chicago. Now. It's just yeah. so convenient. And then I was in New mm-hmm. York late last year. And um, yeah, because see, for me, it was it was not about the car, but it was about the independence. Yes. And I felt really bad. Like, um, like I couldn't go. Like, thank God my mom. Like, my mom was like, awesome. You, you sound just like my mom. Like, my mom <laughs> was like, like, mommy. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out to the club. She's like, you want me to drop you off to the club? Can you please drop me off to the club? And she would drop me off at the club in Miami Beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would I would totally do that for my son. I want him to have the same experience as I had when I was 21. Yeah. You know, I don't want him to miss out on those. Those are some of those. Those are some great times in my yeah. life. And I'm not going to let him miss out of those, you know, just because of his vision. Right. Exactly. So, and... Now, if I would have, if I would have lived, Miami sucks in public transit, by the way, but if I would have lived somewhere that was more accessible, like New York or in Europe or Chicago, then I wouldn't have felt so, um, so insecure about the whole dating thing and how I'm going to pick you up. Like for me personally, me personally, I didn't go to prom because the whole thing, like picking up a date, listen, I grew up watching 16 Candles, Ferris, I grew up watching all of that, and that was and they all drive, yeah, that was so fixated in my mind mm-hmm. and I just felt insecure about it we've talked I've been talking to my son about that since he was like five yeah. um about driving, and we've now he does drive sometimes and not a car, obviously he's on ten um, but, <laughs> Tell but we well, yeah, obviously he doesn't like drive a regular car, but um he has driven um he knows how to drive a couple of vehicles that we have because like i said we're very rural and we're out on a farm um so he does know how to like drive a tractor (laughs) to get around yeah so he does have like a little bit of independent obviously we ride with him um but uh it you know we started that out when he was young trying to teach him but i've also been very clear with him since he was old enough to, to to really start understanding so i'd say when he was about six that he might not ever be able to drive a car Mm. and yeah Mm -hmm. well what does he say to that um sometimes he says that it makes him sad and you know most of the time he says it makes him sad or other times he's like no mommy it'll be fine I'll be able to drive Mm. um and he's just now starting to get you know he's 10 he'll be 11 in July so he's just now starting to get to that like serious curiosity point of wanting to drive and so I'm slowly trying to bring it up more and more about the fact that he might not be able to. Um, in our community, it split uh, the opinion about autonomous cars, driverless uh-huh. cars that can drive themselves. What's your opinion on those? Oh, um, <laughs> I feel like, I know, I'm such a mom. Um, I feel like that they seem like a good idea, but... I am not willing to let my son be the guinea pig for it. Mm-hmm. If I feel that they are more advanced and more, tr- I guess if I could trust them more, I'm not against it. But I don't feel like we know a- enough about them to 100% trust it. Got it. If that makes sense. And I'm sure that's me being a mom and trying to be a little more 
cautious. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure my son would probably be like just gung ho about it. But of yeah. course I'm, a, you know, being mom, I'm like, no, you need to wait. You need to, you know, <laughs> mommy needs to know that you're okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, Tesla and Google, they started testing out the cars in, um, uh, in restrictive cities, right. Where they had, where, where they're able to, uh, like some places, I think in Arizona, some places in California, I think maybe not his generation, maybe the generation. Um, um, I think his kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what they're, what they're realizing is, so, so the participants who are, who are in these, um, so, so, so the driverless car, the autonomous car has like uh, a map of where they're allowed to go, like a vicinity, right? Like a 30 mile mm-hmm. vicinity. The participants, some of them are high school kids. So it's like mm-hmm. a little minivan that picks up the kids uh, or the participant and takes them to the school, the mall, to class, whatever, but in a 20 mm-hmm. mile radius. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are in their teens and a lot of them have said already, if this is the case, I don't have any reason to get a driver's license. Yeah, it's uh, it's the same reason why I say just move to New York City. Yeah. Because you don't, again, you don't need a driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know what I mean? It's, it's the same concept really. Um, but cool. But that's awesome though, that you're proactively like, look, you're not going to be able to drive. This might be an issue because I feel like my mom never really wanted to vocalize that because she knew how important it was to me. Oh, it sucks. It (laughs) sucks bringing it up all the time. Yeah. (laughs) It breaks. Never brought it up, man. Oh my God. As a mom, it breaks your heart because like I, like I said before, that's a rite of passage for a child right? to be able to drive. And here I am having to tell my 10 year old, well, baby, you might not be able to drive. And I, and we don't know, I don't know how your vision's going to be when you're 16, if you're going to be able to pass. I've met people before with albinism that are able to drive during the day. They just can't drive at night. And I've met others that can't drive at all. And we won't know until he's older, what they will allow and what they, what they won't allow. And so I can't tell him yes or no. All I can do is try to emotionally prepare him for the fact that it might not happen and that we need to make plans in the meantime as a backup as to what we're going to do. I believe Georgia, doesn't Georgia have bioptic driving? Have you heard of that? I have not heard of bioptic driving. What's that? Well, it's like, um, so, all right. Do you remember Spaceballs? Yes. You remember the actor Rick Moranis? Remember him? Yes. I love him. He was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He yeah. was the best. Yes. Yeah, he's awesome. All right. Do you remember yeah. his glasses? Remember how big those glasses were? Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> you need a big rim glasses like, like Rick's glasses. And then they mm-hmm. mount like a monocular on top of it. And okay. Some states... I think in Georgia, and I'll send you the email, will allow a person with vision impairment to use these monoculars to go ahead and pass the exam and drive with it. Really? Now, I have not heard of that, but that is very interesting. Yeah. As long as they can meet, as long as they can meet the the vision acuity with these monoculars on, obviously there's special Mm -hmm. training with it. You know, you have to Mm -hmm. do like, because like, think about it. Like if a person who's had uh, dwarfism or something, Mm-hmm. Um, a person in the wheelchair, they have to have accommodations and they have to have special training. Mm-hmm. 
before they go to the DMV. And then they'll obviously need a doctor's note. And so for the vision impairment, legal, uh, legally blind community, that's what we have is bioptic driving. Now, the reason why I mentioned the Rick Moranis glasses, yeah, they, they look like, you look like, um, like a sci-fi person with these glasses on. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they're not the most fashion. No, no. <laughs> you could probably make them look good, but, but I know I don't make them look good. <laughs> I'd bedazzle them, yes, of course. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, there's that option there. And I personally was really scared. I've tried it. I was really scared. It was like, oh my God, because it is, it is like you have to put in some hours, but it's an option, by the way. Well, that is very interesting. I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I, like I said, I've not heard of that, um, but it's uh, it's very promising because I mean I've I've done as much research as to look at stem cell research uh, for eye surgery, right? Um, that, that that they have, and it's not very accepting in the U.S. But I have seen some testing that was going on in China and in Russia, where they had a child with albinism who had a surgery to repair the eye and. I have not, I have not followed up with it within the past year, um, but this was about ten years ago. No, probably about six years ago. Yeah. That this that these children had these surgeries, and thus far, um, everything has been successful. So I don't know how how long it's going to take for that to become a normal, or that even if it's even going to be something that's going to pass. Um, but I do know that I've, like I said, done my research as to other opportunities that are out there as far as, um, like you're saying with his, with, with the driving and with the, um, the, the special glasses that you were just talking about, or even surgeries that are out there. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, there's a, another guy that I met in Canada. He lost his vision due to uh, another condition and, um, he lives in a building like a subsidized building, uh, subsidized housing for people with vision, vision impairments. Interesting. Like they group them all together. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of them have traveled to Cuba, to Thailand to get stem cell research. And a lot of them have had success in getting some eyesight back, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they had to go outside the U S for these. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know it, it, it sounds kind of crazy to have to do that. But then again, I'm not surprised. I mean, look at how people in the U.S. versus other countries are handling COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. is a complete, I mean, it's, to say the least, it's a hot mess. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, of course, I mean, as far as like something like that, where especially if it involves stem cells, which is, a, is still a hot button topic here in the U.S. Yeah. As so, but it doesn't mean I haven't done my homework on it <laughs> out there. Cause if I, you know, when it comes to my son, I, uh, I, I look at it as no life is spared when it comes to my son. He's obviously the most important thing to me. And I, I really wouldn't care what it would come down to. If I had to sell a kidney on the black market for him to have perfect vision, <laughs> right. get to cutting. <laughs> right. Oh, I got you. Nice. Well, I, I do feel like there's a lot of promising things, but unfortunately, I, from what I've, you know, because I've been in the game for a minute, um, I don't think U.S. is that, it, it's that um, either they don't put a lot of funding in the research or maybe they're, rest- they're regulated by it or whatever the case is. But I, I think it's both. I definitely think it's regulation because of stem cell, um, because of the separation of church and state that's going on. Yeah. No, well, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, yeah there's a lot of advancements and a lot of treatments that are, it doesn't really get published unless you, like you said, like you dig for it. Yeah. Uh, 
but but yeah, in countries like in Asia and Europe, they they seem to be a lot more advanced in those areas there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on your Instagram, I just DM'd you the bioptic thing to look at, and then yeah, I saw it pop up. So nice. So, um, what does uh, Timothy want to do in college, or what does he has he mentioned career or anything? Or? Um, I bring up career all the time, and I started that as a very young age, and I know a lot of people think that's silly to do. Um, but me growing up, I was never really pushed for college or career wise. Um, and that's something that I know will be, like I said, another hurdle for him when it comes to his disability as to what he can do and what he can't do. Um, ever since he was little, um, he wanted to be a cop. And I know that's typical. Most kids always say they want to be a cop at some point in their life. Um, but he actually has wanted to be a cop for three years now for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, it's funny because his father wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a cop. And so we have discussed career options for him and I've made sure that I've started that at a young age for him because he's going to have to, he's going to need to be a leg up on everybody else when it comes to that. And as well as college options, as far as grants and scholarships that are out there, you got to get started early on that kind of stuff. Um, And we have discussed that being a cop, an actual police officer would not be an option for him. Mm. but he can actually be a private investigator. Mm-hmm. We actually have talked to people about that. Mm-hmm. Um, another option that he has always said, um, as I said before, he loves arguing with kids. So we discussed him being a lawyer and what that entails and, you know, money and all that kind of stuff. And so that's another thing that we've talked to him about is being a lawyer. And I always make sure we discuss how much college is required for it, what it entails to do each of these jobs, who makes the most money. Um, that way he will have a good grasp on it. I've already explained to him that college is not, uh, it's not a question. Can I, or can I not go? Cause he's going. <laughs> and I told, I actually told him that last week. <laughs> I said, I don't care if I have to drop you off and sit in class with you, you are going to college <laughs> and you are getting a college education that is not up for discussion nor debate. Um, it's hard enough to get a job out there mm-hmm. as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, if you have a college degree to go with it, they're going to look at you better. Mm -hmm. And just as you were talking about how difficult it is for you to get a job with your visual impairment, working at that factory, when obviously you are far more qualified than what was presented to you. And so I'm going to make sure that he has the best education possible. That way, when he is able to, to join the workforce and actually start a career, that he's going to be in the best possible place. So I don't care if it takes, you know, me working three jobs for him to go to Harvard. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. I'm going to do what it takes as long as he's happy doing it. And nice. it might not be exactly what he wants. Like I said, instead of being a cop, being a police officer, being a private investigator, but it'll at least be in that field. So I've, I've, tried to make him aware of that too, that he, he might still be able to go in that field, but maybe not do the exact job he's thinking. I'm, I'm always trying to think ahead when it comes to that. Uh, and, and you have to, like I said, as being a parent, you want to look ahead as it is, but then you add in, you know, the disability side of it. And as a parent, that's my job is to make sure that he has every opportunity and I'm going to need to have any kind of leg up on the competition that I can. 
Got it. I understand. Nice. Um, so, so real quick, let, let, let me change gears for a minute. I know we've been talking about Timothy. I just wanted to talk about your, your fashion blog that you got. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking at it. So I, I like, is everything that you're doing, you're selling it or you're just promoting a brand? Uh, uh, it's just a blog that I like to do a fashion blog. Um, I started it for, um, for personal reasons, more or less. Um, Mm -hmm. looking back when I was a teenager and when I was a kid, I was teased a lot, um, for being different looking like we had talked about before. Um, we, we didn't have a ton of money when we were growing up and it was me and two sisters. We were all redheads. Um, and, and back then just being a redhead, you were looked at as a freak. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. People, people were nowhere near as accepting, like I said, then as they are now. Um, and so I always knew that the way that I like to, pr- uh, to express myself to people is through fashion. And I like to be uplifting for people. And I love trying to bring positive vibes to people. And the way I do that is through fashion. It's fashion is how I express myself to other people and also try to bring positivity to them as well. So I give people fashion counseling online. Um, I do uh, like, you know, people will ask me as far as like uh, different brands that I work with, try on hauls, what they're called, Mm -hmm. trying on different stuff that are out there and just trying to get word and and education out there to people through fashion um specifically plus size fashion because that's what i specialize in Mm -hmm. nice um i think i just saw recently maybe a year ago two years ago that they finally had plus size mannequins uh yeah they just started that not too long like you said about a year and a half ago i mean other than a few small brands that are out there up until 2014, 2015, plus size fashion was nothing like it is now. It, it was, no one had ever really heard of it. You were just this, you were just this forgotten group of, of women and men, a, forget, a forgotten group of people where it was just assumed that if you were over this size, you were no longer considered attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you were a frumpy mom. Or you, you had a dad bod before the dad bod was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen fanny packs. You've seen what? I'm sorry. Fanny packs. Timothy Hush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things that are coming back nowadays that you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I really like your blog and, and, and the, the photos. It's, uh, it's a really great platform. I, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I try to get, like I said, body positivity out there. That's what it's all about is body positivity. Um, I treat to me, fashion is how I it's, it's fashion is how you express yourself. It's how you bring your inside to the outside. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have a hard time expressing their insides to their outsides. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I'm sure you hear that all the time. I've seen so many different reality shows out there where they do makeovers for people. Mm-hmm. And it's they were so shy, or they had such self doubt when it comes to them. And you just give them a nice makeover, and their entire being changes in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what I like to do is is spread positivity to other people through through what I wear. 
Got you. Nice. Do you have a favorite brand or favorite designer? It would probably Christian Siriano. He won. I cannot forget. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but he won a show called Project Runway. Um, and he was one of the very first designers that would actually design plus size clothes for celebrities. And he's actually a huge name nowadays. Uh, Christian Siriano is. Um, but that's because they actually had situations where celebrities, like big name celebrities too. These are not just like, you know, D and C list celebrities. These are A list celebrities. Couldn't get fitted or they wouldn't have designers that would make clothes for them for the Golden Globes or for the Emmys. And Christian Siriano was one of the very first ones to ever do that. And after he did that, he now designs for everybody. I mean, he's designed for Oprah. He's designed for the queen before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and these were things before him that people just wouldn't do. Um, yeah. He, he was a kind of, he's a very small petite man. Yeah. Like dark skin or he's dark or something. No, I think he's, I think he is, um, he is Hispanic. I don't, it might be Puerto Rican, but I'm not 100% sure. Or he's mixed. Right. Um, I think one of his family members is Puerto Rican, but I, I'm not 100% sure okay. about that. But he has a, he has a smaller gentleman. He wears glasses. Um, and he's actually been designing masks because obviously he's in New York City. Right. Um, and he's actually been designing masks for the past two months. So he stopped making clothes and just doing nothing but face masks. Got it. Got it. Nice. Cool. Yeah, it's nice to see. Um, I remember might have been over 10 years ago. Like it's like, like these, um, incremental, uh, body awareness or body changes. It just took so long. I remember 10, maybe 15 years ago that pair that France would finally put a stamp on a photograph to say, this mm -hmm. photo has been altered. This photo has been edited, you know, so don't believe mm -hmm. that person's as skinny as, as it looks. <laughs> Listen, that was so different than when I was a teenage girl. I, when I was a teenager, I had an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was, I was absolutely, I was dealing with anorexia. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because back in the nineties, whenever I was a teenage girl, I was a young girl growing up. You were looking at models like Kate Moss. Right, right. And they, they were stick figures. I mean, yeah. it was, it was, <laughs> it was considered beautiful right. to be, you know, Paris woman thin. Right. And I was never built that way. And it mm -hmm. broke my heart. You know, I was. I was the only 11 year old that actually had boobs <laughs> and I was just, that's not the way I was built. That's not, none of my family members are built that way. We are naturally curvy women. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time, a long time to get over my body. But actually, actually after I had my son is when it really hit me that if I couldn't accept myself, my son would never accept himself. Mm. And so I realized that, he sees what I see. He, if he sees me feeling how I feel about myself and I feel positive, he's going to feel positive about himself. I have to lead by example as a mother. I see you as a beautiful woman. Um, well, thank you, darling. <laughs> you see, we, yeah, that was my son coming to give me a hug, telling me he sees me as a beautiful woman. And thank and you. Nothing can ever change. <laughs> thank you, darling. Um, see, that's like that right there, that conversation right there that we had. We have these conversations constantly. Because I'm always trying to bring uplifting and positivity to him and to myself. I'm always happy. You thank God for that. No, it's a good point. You, yeah, you always give up. You're a child and you see your parents see kind of suffering or feeling bad about themselves. And then, yeah, mm -hmm. how that would, would transcend into a child. 
Yeah. Oh, it trickles down. Your you your children see how you are, and they learn from that. And I like to think that the reason my son is not ashamed of what he is, or or I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say what he is, uh, what he looks like, or who he is as a person, because I am not ashamed of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. It does. Your your children see who you are, and they feed off of that. Nice. Um, so real quick, is Timothy there to, to say hello? Yeah, sure. Let me go grab him really quick. Okay. He walked into the other room. How's it going, man? Good, good. You chilling? You having a good Friday? Uh, yeah, it's Friday. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Um, well, my, my name is DeMarco. I, I live in Miami. Have you been to Miami? No, no, I haven't. I uh, don't really travel. I, the only farthest, the farthest place I've been is Georgia. Georgia Bro. and Orlando. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Waffle House? <laughs> yeah. He loves Waffle House. What Every you- time we go to Waffle House, we always um, play the jukebox, and then we always have dance-offs in the Waffle House. <laughs> what What's the song you're playing on the jukebox, man? Uh, whatever shows up. <laughs> whatever we can play. You like Fishing in the Dark. Yeah, that's a good song. And Cheerleader. Okay, well. Too <laughs> so much information. Uh, do you play video games, Timothy? Of course I play video games. Well, <laughs> what, what do you play? Minecraft, Fortnite, Roblox, uh, Cabs, Secret Neighbor. Gotcha. Do you play online with friends, too? Yeah, I have Xbox Live. Nice, bro. Uh, how, are you an Xbox or a PS, PS person? Uh, if I had to choose one that I liked more, uh-huh. I don't really care for any of them. Them. I like them both equally. I'm not a person who's going to start another console war. Oh, I got you. I got you. Um, I mean, so- I like the PS4 because of Call of Duty and all that. And huh. I also like the Xbox because of the secret name I got you. Got you. And does your mom let you play video games before or after the homework? Uh, In the morning, I wake up before her usually, so I usually play that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he likes to wake up early so he can play video games before school. And I'm asleep, so I don't know any better. <laughs> oh, man. My mom needs her beauty rest. <laughs> gotcha. And um, and what what's your favorite subject in school? The subject you know, if we get to line up to go to, to leave. <laughs> to leave? Gotcha. But before that, did you have a subject that you like? If I had to choose a favorite subject, what do you reading find or science? For science, okay. It, you find you like reading it? or reading or science or reading you can or science. math out of this. Got it, got it. Um, do you have a favorite movie, man? Like, what's your favorite movie? Uh, trying to think about that. Can you tell me, Pokemon? Is that like, your like, like, <laughs> oh no, I'm not into Pokemon too much. Like recent movies or non-movies? Uh, whichever, bro. Like your favorite, favorite, favorite movie. Like your favorite movie. Okay, this is a tough decision. I've been asked this before, but I've never actually answered it. You can name more than one if you got them. Okay, I'd have to say Screw. That's a good one. And uh, and then The Greatest Showman. Those are the two that I can think of right now. My mom's nodding her head like, "Yeah, we love The Greatest Showman." I haven't seen that one. Is that the one with Hugh Jackman with the circus? 
Yes. It, it's so funny because we were just talking about body positivity and uh-huh. acceptance for, for, for people with disabilities. Uh-huh. And uh, that movie is is all about that. It's actually what P.T. Barnum was all about. Really? Was, to watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, P.T. Barnum, he, he started the circus. That's why it's Barnum and Bailey Circus. Yeah. And uh, that movie is about the start of the circus back then. And obviously with the circus, he talks about all the acceptance of what they called the freaks back then. And all the, you know, the bearded lady. And they actually had two people with albinism in that movie. Got it. Got it. I'm thinking of, as you're talking, thinking of Ringling Brothers, too. Um, yeah. But never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah. Well, they went out of business. So I don't think you'll see them again. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they kind of found that to be cruelty to animals. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Gotcha. I'm glad um, that they're out of them. So you like The Greatest Showman, and then you said Scoop? Is that what you said? Scoob is the newest movie. That's the newest Scooby Doo. It just came out. Oh yeah, my gosh, Friday. I haven't seen that yet. You need to. You got um Amazon Prime. I have Amazon Prime. So you think I should check it out then on my Friday night? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like a. If you rent it, it's like twenty nine ninety nine, Robert, my new mom, right? Or like twenty four ninety nine. It's twenty four ninety nine to buy, twenty dollars to rent. Yeah, you you need to watch it. It's like the coolest movie ever. It's super funny. I got to see if you can pick. See, see if you can pick out all of the uh, real life references. <laughs> There's so many. But wait, is it like the real life Scooby Doo, like the movies, or is it like the cartoon still? It's a cartoon. Yeah, it's a cart. It's like an animation type. Thing. It's like a CGI cartoon, right? Oh, like a like an animation. Yeah, like an animation CGI type one. Gotcha, gotcha. No, do you got a favorite TV show? Uh SpongeBob. <laughs> Sponge Sorry. SpongeBob's your jam. Yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> I love SpongeBob too. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like all the memes they got with SpongeBob. Oh, I know. I, I quote SpongeBob all the time. So. Um, I know you do. <laughs> so do I. No shame. Um, so Timothy, what's your favorite um, artist? Who do you like to jam to when you're playing video games or when you're out and about? I don't have a really favorite artist. I have a favorite song, but not an artist. I don't listen to certain artists. I listen to songs that I like, just not uh, artists. So what's the song you like? What's the song you got on repeat then? Uh, I'm thinking of, and I'm trying to think of it. What, what are the songs? Yes, I do. Oh, that's a, that's a really obnoxious song that they have out there. Yeah, it's, I think it's from Fortnite, or you know, I made it for Fortnite, and, and I just had that on repeat for like an hour and a half just on my mom's on top. <laughs> gotcha. And, but it's uh, also really fun. And, and, and so your mom's telling me you're going to go to middle school soon. Are there any sports that you wanna you wanna participate in, or do you want to do a sleeping in sport? <laughs> um, not yet, not that I know of. <laughs> it should be a sport. It gives us more energy to learn later. You're, we've you're, we've thought about swimming. Oh, yeah. great! I do swimming. Yeah, we thought about maybe doing swimming. I'd take swimming, robotics, science, or uh, definitely not anything to do with outside sports because <laughs> I hate swimming. I hate some block, but she's so annoyingly cold. Gotcha. Ah. I met a, a young lady. She's like 15, 16. She's like almost a black belt in jiu-jitsu. She has... Oh, wow. Uh, oh, what? She's visually impaired. Uh, jiu-jitsu, it's like, it's almost like wrestling, but it's... With... It's kind of like Japanese. It's kind of like karate. Yeah. Like Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like karate. Remember how we talked about getting you into karate? I would like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. We don't need to be talking on this over the phone. Yeah, we've talked about any kind of close contact sports, so wrestling or karate. 
They look at being good opportunities. Yeah, I've done mm-hmm. really well with like wrestling and swimming, like more close contact. Like I didn't do well with football, baseball, none of those that involved. I didn't think anything with a ball flying around quickly oh, around your face was a good idea. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. I don't, I like kickball because it's not on the, because it's not flying at your face, it's flying at your foot. Yeah. Well, not true. flying, it's rolling at your foot so I can just kick it. Yeah. Which is much better so I don't have to deal with my hands burning up. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. it's my feet. No one will see. Um, so, um, how many push-ups can you do, Timothy? I can do zero and a half. <laughs> I, can, I can't do push-ups correctly. You can't do push-ups, bro? Not even one push-up? Can't do it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. That's I, the one thing that I suck at. Well, I'm going to hit you up in two months. And, and hopefully in two months, you, you got two push-ups in the game. <laughs> hopefully. That's what we got to work on this summer is your push-ups. No. Well, if you take swimming this year, you're going to be stronger and you will have the strength to be able to do it. Fine. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Hugs. I'm sorry. Cool. I just love my mom. Nice. But yeah, your mom is telling me how much uh, she, she loves you right now. And uh, she wants nothing but the best, man. So I'm really happy to hear that. I'm happy that I have the greatest mother on earth. Absolutely. 100%, <laughs> man. Um, nice. So, so real quick, um, um, Eva, and I appreciate your time. And then I know I asked Timothy these questions. I'm going to ask you these questions. Uh, do you have a favorite movie growing up or now? Uh, my favorite movie right now is the Lego movie. Oh yeah. I love that movie too. I forgot. I know. I don't care. I'm a grown woman and Lego movie is my favorite movie. I saw the second one. Is that the one? I saw the first one. She likes the last one that was in theaters. Yeah, the second one was pretty good, but the first one was just the best. Yeah, cover your butts. Yeah, I say that all the time. <laughs> I'm always quoting that saying, cover your butts. Cover the what? Cover your butts. Cover your butts. Oh, no, not the <laughs> um, What about, do you have a favorite album or a favorite artist that you like, Eve? My favorite artist would be Lizzo. Oh my God, Lizzo. <laughs> Listen, I know that sounds crazy, but she, again, is all about body positivity and acceptance. If I, if I had to pick between two, it would be Lizzo and Pink. And that's because they're both all about acceptance and about positivity. I mean, I have playlists out there. Hush, mommy's on the phone. (laughs) Um, But yeah, again, it's all about positivity um, and about acceptance. And so that's why I like both of those um, artists. Don't touch me. I feel like Lizzo musically is a lot more talented, like all the things that she can play and do. She is crazy talented. And I know a lot of people, you know, look at her because of her size and because of, you know, her not caring attitude. Um, But I think that's a a huge part as far as the body positivity part of it, saying that I don't really care what you think. I'm going to do what I want. Right. I'm out in the right. morning. Thank you. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, I, and Pink, yeah, Pink's awesome. I remember an interview with Pink that it was like maybe years, maybe 10 years after she got signed, and she publicly said, you know, when I got signed, they wanted me to have this image and this look and all this, and I hated it. And mm-hmm. it was so cool to hear her say that about that. Yeah, I love I love seeing how she not only does that, but how she transcends it through her daughter as well. Mm-hmm. 
Who is she married to now? Is she married to like some some biker, some some motocross biker or something? Um, I don't know who she's married to. I know that it's the same man that is the father to her daughter. Um, and I do remember seeing it in an interview about how they take their relationship very seriously. Um, they actually do required counseling every week. Like they've been doing it for five years. Wow. Even if their relationship is perfectly fine, they still go to counseling because she wants to see a happy home life for their daughter. Mm-hmm. Nice. She's a really great example. That's why I like her so much. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, last question. Do you have a favorite book that you like to read or a favorite book you like to give other people to read? Um, well, I don't, I can't, I don't think I could choose a favorite book because I just love Harry so many. Potter. Oh, thank you. I do love Harry Potter. Harry, who doesn't love Harry Potter? Come on. Um, but actually something I'm listening to right now, um, I do, I don't do as much reading as I was like, but I do do a lot of audible. Mm-hmm. And what I've been listening to lately is, um, uh, I can't think of it now because I'm Grace, Grace Jackson. Shh, Timothy, please. Oh, Thank you, sweetie. Um, oh, that's what it's becoming by Michelle Obama. That's what I've been listening to on Audible, and so far it's been amazing. Gotcha, gotcha. I haven't read it. Um, I know she or her team came out with like a Netflix like behind the scenes of her book tour. Yes, so that's what happened. I was watching it on Netflix and um and she was talking about her book tour and all that kind of stuff. And that's what got me thinking about it. And I have an Audible subscription. So that's what I've been listening to. And so far, it's been really great. Is she reading the book out loud? Is it her? Yes. Oh, yes she's the narrator throughout the entire thing. I like when authors do that. I hate reading it when, when it's someone else. <laughs> yeah, it's some other random person. Yeah. I think my other favorite one would probably be Water for Elephants. I've never heard of that one. Okay. Water for Elephants? Yeah, it's... um. It's a really great, and they actually have a movie of it too. They did a, they did a movie of it and it's got Ryan Phillippe and uh, I know her name. She's from Sweet Home, Alabama. Um, Reese Witherspoon? Reese Witherspoon, yes. Yes, it's those two that are in it. Mm. Okay. Yeah it's, yeah, it's good. So if you don't like reading books, you should maybe check out the movie, but it's good. It's a classic. Okay, nice. And uh, same question to you, Timothy. If you're listening, do you have a favorite book? Uh, Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson. What is that? Yeah, there's a Percy Jackson series that's yeah. out there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it's like a book series, kind of like the Bernstein Bear series, kind of. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's like, can I give him a quick brief of what it is? Yeah, of course, honey. Basically, it's about this guy who's the son of Poseidon, and he doesn't really believe in gods until he learns that he's a half blood. Boom. Now he has to go on this dangerous quest to try and return the Master Ball to Zeus before like a World War Three breaks out. And he then he realizes that the that uh the, the war god gives him the master ball in the pocket whenever he reaches uh, the underworld for Hades to give it back. And then now he has to now he only has like 0.5 seconds to get back there to give it to Zeus. Explain just what happened on the way. Try to figure out what just happened on the way there. And then then listen to and then read four other books after that. Cool. Yeah, that's what's up. Um. Basically, he's a really—he's a what? Basically, he's a really important character, and he's basically about to save the whole world from experiencing a world of suffering. And I'm done now. Cool. I'm I'm assuming Percy, like this, takes place in present time, right? Mm, Yes. Yeah, 
Because right now, the uh, gods are apparently in the western area. Uh-huh. Yeah, meaning that it should be taking place right um, in the present, not in the past, not the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, it does take place in the present because they're still school. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and then Poseidon, it's been a minute since I talked about Greek, but Poseidon is the, the god of water, the sea? Is that what it is? Correct, and the god of water and horses. Oh, okay, cool. And and horses too? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it says that in the book. And also, Percy Jackson can stay underwater without getting wet. Uh-huh. Yeah, he can breathe underwater, talk underwater, perfectly fine. He's basically like he's on land, but he's not. And then he also heals while he's in water. Mm. And has a trident sticking out of his head while he's in water. Mm-hmm. Nice. And okay. how do you read your books? Do you read them on the on a book or an iPad, Kindle? I read them on a book. I mean, well, wait, I read them on an iPad because um, it's for, like, an assignment. You're supposed to read, like, one chapter every day, um, every Wednesday and Friday. Right. That's what I do. So, basically, it's just a whole fun mess. Mm. It's still fun. So, you read it on an iPad. Do you, do you increase the fonts or do you read a regular font? How do you read it? I just read it regularly. Well, but I do, en- I do enlarge it, but I still read yeah. Yeah, he enlarges the the screen. Got it. Got it. So he enlarges the screen. Cool. Yeah, I, I yeah. read all my books on iPad and, and the Kindle as well. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, don't hang up, uh, but I appreciate you guys for being on the podcast. And um, if people wanted to connect with, with you, um, uh, Eve, or, where can they find you? Um, I've got multiple different um, social media outlets. So you can find me on Instagram at the Curvy Carrot Top. Um, same thing on Facebook as well. I'm at the Curvy Carrot Top on there. Um, you can email me at the Curvy Carrot Top one at gmail.com. And I'm also on Twitter as well at the Curvy Carrot Top. And uh, I also have my own website called um, curvycarrottop.com that links to my blog as well. Oh, what's nice. the Yeah, multiple social media outlets. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm gonna link them all up for everyone if they want to connect. Um, all right, so don't hang up. And are you listening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, man. Okay, well, that's scary. That's a podcast. That's what's so cool about. I it. didn't know that this was a podcast. Yes. No one told me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you just <laughs> me. <laughs> all right. 